This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the soul of excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Welcome to your Thanksgiving week, 2022. If you'd like to be part of today's program, all you have to do is pick up the phone, 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222, because it's Thanksgiving week. Don't believe for a single second there's not being... That news is not being made. There's a lot of news, and, of course, we'll delve into as much of it as we can. Uh, over the weekend, there was, as you know, a horrible, horrific shooting in Colorado. Another one of these mass shootings. This one at a, a gay club. Four people dead, 25 injured, and uh, at least four people dead. Four injured. And there is very little that is known about the alleged shooter here, except that he had had a domestic incident and had made a previous threat to take out people with a bomb. He was arrested for a bomb threat last year. And yet and still, this person was, for some reason, and as I read through the various news items, this, this person was never really put in a way for that bomb threat. I don't know why. He killed five, not four, including two bartenders, and 25 people were wounded. Now, I read through a lot of coverage, and there is a lot. If you go through the New York Times uh, and and the Washington Post, between them, there must be over 50 pages of coverage. Of, of if you print out the pages, at least. And there are also people like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez who are already politicizing this. We don't know what the motive was, but she sent out a pretty nasty tweet to Lauren Bobert, who recently won her election out there in uh, Colorado, pretty much accusing Bobert of having some complicity with this because of things that she said in the past. One of the things that was mentioned, you talk about grooming children, blah, 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 and, and now this happens, not surprised, I'm paraphrasing what she said. Be, and Because it's useless, I mean, to try to counter that level of ignorance. It is just using the dead as pawns to score cheap political points with. 
There's also something else that bothers me, and I would be neglectful if I didn't mention it. In many cities in the United States, these sort of fatalities are encountered, though not in one place, like a club, but the numbers themselves are encountered every single weekend. You go to places like Chicago, it is not uncommon to have five people or more killed in a weekend and another 25 or more wounded. If you go to places like Detroit, if you go to Philadelphia, New York, we have astronomically high murder rates. Washington, D.C., Los Angeles, San Francisco. And yet we don't see the same kind of coverage. We don't see 17 page stories about the people that have died that weekend or have been murdered that weekend. We don't see the details of of who it was that murdered these people and and what they have been charged with in the past and why they are not, in some cases, these perpetrators, why they're not in jails or prisons. And that's because, according to the left in America, I guess, it leads me to conclude that some lives are important and others aren't. If every weekend in Chicago this happens with regularity, you don't even find it covered in some papers. You don't even cover it. It's like, eh. More of them dead. More of them, those people, dead. Who cares is the attitude. But when it's a constituency or a group of people that they believe are important, then they will cover it in all of its horror. And that is not to diminish those whose lives were lost. Their families are no doubt horrifically impacted and grieving and and. Um, one of the things that upset the left was uh, Lauren, with Lauren Bobbitt was she said that she was praying for those families. And, of course, for some reason that triggers people on the left. You're not supposed to pray, I guess, for those people who have had family members viciously, wantonly taken from them. But this is, uh, in the course of the coverage, it was also mentioned that there were 600 mass shootings in a year, 600. And of course, that is supposed to mean that we don't have gun laws. Well, I'm sorry, in Colorado, there are gun laws in almost every single city that these murders occur. Every single day of the year, there are laws to prohibit it, including, before you even get to gun laws, the law that prohibits murder itself. Because this is a crime. It's evil. Shouldn't do it. But the left is triggered when you pray for those families that are suffering, and they are suffering. And I know many of us send our prayers to them because what else can we do? There's no other way except to tell them how sorry you are that you that these families are experiencing this. What else can you do? You can pray to God that their families find some kind of comfort. 
knowing all the while that they are grief-ridden and torn apart like you like you and I can't imagine unless we've been through it ourselves. In other news, Disney is in the news. Yes, my friends, the some people like to call it the House of Mouse. I call it the Rodent Kingdom. Ay, ay, ay. The Rodent Kingdom has fired. This is the first story, story I saw this morning from AmericanWireNews.com. Disney fires woke CEO amid tanking shares, brings back ex-CEO Bob Iger in a in shocking, shocking, I say, shakeup. Shocking. And what appears to be a stunning repudiation of woke ideology. Well, now, I don't know about that because there are people who say that Iger is just as woke as the guy that he's replacing. Disney has fired CEO Bob Chapek and reappointed former CEO Bob Iger after 11 months of controversies and tanking share prices. In a statement, Susan Arnold, chairman of Disney's board, said, We thank Bob Chapek for his service to Disney over his long career, including navigating the company through the unprecedented challenges of the pandemic. The board has concluded that Disney, as Disney embarks on an increasingly complex period of industry transformation, Bob Iger is uniquely situated to lead the company through this pivotal period. And why? Why are they? Why? Why now? Well, true, the stocks at Disney have tanked, and they rallied a little bit on the news that Iger's coming back. But then you look at the reasons they say, well, you know, streaming. We're suffering from streaming losses, and, 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 I, and, and, and Chevy didn't have a way to bring it back. But ask yourselves, why were they suffering? Because of losses to their streaming business. Who is this a corporate victory for? Who is this a victory for? Who's the big winner here with Disney? I'll tell you who the big winner is. It's not hard to figure out. The big win- winner is Ron DeSantis. That's who the winner is. Ron DeSantis stood up to one of the most powerful corporations in the world. And he told them, no, you won't run roughshod over us just because you are the largest employer in our state. This was all over the bill that gave parents the right, more rights, to control how their children are being educated with less of an agenda, a sexualized agenda. And, of course, it was framed as anti-gay, which it never was. And Disney came out toe-to-toe with Ron DeSantis, and they lost. And in losing, they lost a relationship with the state that they had had where they could govern themselves, their own government, and their massive property holdings. They had all kind of tax breaks that are now gone. And as a result, many parents left Disney. They said, I'm not, 
as more and more of the videos came out showing Disney employees contempt for the parents of of the children that Disney is supposed to be catering to in some cases, these parents said, I'm not going to spend my hard-earned money on this anymore, and they bailed. And that's one of the reasons, not the entire reason for sure, but one of the reasons that Disney's stock price tanked. And through it all, the leadership of Ron DeSantis, it goes to show you what happens when you have a governor with spine. When you have someone that will stand up for the right thing and explain to the country, as as Governor DeSantis did, why he was taking a stand and didn't back down when the gang heaped scorn and ridicule and derision on him. And the gang is the left-wing mainstream media industrial complex in this country. The left-wing political industrial complex. The radicals. And DeSantis never backed down. And today, there's been a change at the top in the Disney Corporation. Winner, Ron DeSantis. We are expecting to hear from Representative Andy Biggs, who is launching a challenge to Kevin McCarthy's presumed leadership in the House. And, of course, your calls at 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. James Golden, Bo Snerdley, and The Temptations. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point-of-sale system you can trust, or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory... Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. This is the Rush Hour with those Nerdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Talk Radio 77. Well, the things that you know by now may change, and one of the agents of change is on the phone with us right now. Representative Andy Biggs from the 5th District out in Arizona. Congressman Biggs, welcome to Bo Snerly's Rush Hour. How are you? Uh, great. How are you doing? Good to be with you. It is my pleasure. You know, you have uh, embarked on a quest that has a lot of support among many Republicans. And you started when you said, I cannot vote for Kevin McCarthy as House Speaker. There have been at least two others, only two others so far, that have publicly joined you in this. 
Why can't you vote for Kevin McCarthy as House Speaker, Congressman Biggs? Well, you know, that's a great question. I'll tell you, we have got to change the infrastructure. You have to change the infrastructure in Congress to change the trajectory of the United States of America. And if you want to change the trajectory of the United States of America, you can't keep electing the same leaders. I mean, Kevin has been the minority leader for four years and was the majority leader before that. He's there. And and all of the power goes to the speaker, and it needs to be removed from the speaker, not removed, but decentralized from the speaker so that members can do their jobs in a way that they represent the people of the United States of America. And I believe if you do that, and if I were there, that I would be doing that. And that would allow us to do things like attack inflation by attacking reckless federal spending, attacking the high gas and oil by leveraging bills to make sure that we um, re- bring back the Keystone XL pipeline for one, but also go after the bureaucrats who are stopping the permitting uh, and, you know, the, just this whole panoply. And it just takes someone who's different, who's willing to get out there and take the beating um, and lead and use the tools that we have to change the trajectory of Congress and therefore the country. One of the things, one of the complaints that you hear, especially from conservatives that are unhappy with current leadership, they look at this past election cycle and they say that the current leadership picks favorites and puts money behind uh, certain Republicans that are aligned with them, their allies, but they will do an all-out, well, sort of quiet warfare on Republicans that are, let's say, more conservative. Uh, There has been unhappiness. For a long time, there was unhappiness with the rule of John Boehner. There was unhappiness before Boehner with with Denny Hassard. There were, there's, of course, a lot of unhappiness with Paul Ryan. Paul Ryan declared this weekend that he is a never-Trumper again uh, and doesn't want to see anywhere near Trump. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, and so yeah. what do you say to the people that are the conservatives in this country who have felt marginalized by the current leadership, first of all, why is it so difficult to gain support if you are not in Kevin McCarthy's camp? Why is there such fear of going with apparent fear with going with someone else from so many in the Republican Party that have been elected to Congress when their base is telling them otherwise? We want something new. Yeah, I, first of all, you're exactly right. The base is saying, please give us something new. So give us somebody new. Change the direction. But you you put your finger on it. Uh, Kevin, is, one thing that he's really good at doing is he's good at raising a lot of money. And that money comes at you. So um, if you're Anna Paulina Luna down in Florida, uh, all of a sudden uh, there's millions and millions of dollars coming against you from uh, this this kind of uh, shadowy group that, that uh, Kevin's raising money for. If you're If you're in New Hampshire, and uh, you're running up there. She she experienced the same thing. If you're Majewski in Ohio, you got the same thing. Money coming out against you from this kind of uh, uh, this political action committee that Kevin's raising money for, and it's going against conservatives. And so people get nervous about that. And Kevin raises a lot of money and gives a lot of money away to incumbents and and uh, you know. And those people feel obligated and concerned as well. So 
You know, I, I remember I, I asked some um, a member when I first got elected, I said, gee, this sounds like pay-for-play to me. And he said, well, it is pay-for-play. And if we don't bring down the pay-for-play mentality of the United States Congress, you're going to keep getting the same crapola that we've been getting for year after year, regardless of who's in the, in the leadership and who's in the majority uh, in Congress. Now, one of my one of my good friends is uh, Congressman Louis Gohmert, who I've talked to over the years. As you know, Co- Congressman Gohmert tried to stand up to the Boehner regime, and he got a yeah. lot of talking, whispered, you know, I support you, I support you. And in the end, none of that support materialized because there was this fear. Do you expect that the three of you so far, you leading the charge, who have stood up and said it's time for a change, do you expect to be to get more support, or do you think at the end of the day people are just going to go with their fears over a chance to actually change things? Well, the, you know, the good thing that I've got going for me that Louis didn't have is that the margin uh, for the majority is going to be between one and three seats. I mean, so so any three people can get together and and affect things. And I I have more people. I mean, Bob Good from Virginians now come out publicly. So he's number four. Thirty-one people voted for me. Another five people voted against Kevin. Uh, I just don't think Kevin has a path to get there. There's not enough oxygen for him to get the 218 votes that he needs. The question is, will I get it? And maybe not. But that means that somebody else might get it, and uh, we still can change the trajectory. And and that's the point. It's a it's a structural problem that must be changed and addressed. And I'm hopeful. You know, I'm optimistic. I'm always an optimist. That's 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 my nature. But um, we're in for a fight, and and uh, we will be unified on policy. But right now, we're just uh, trying to sort out who ought to be the leader of the Republican conference going forward. What can the people who voted Republican, these conservatives all around the country, what can they do to show you support for the idea that whether they support your candidacy or not? What can people do to show their disdain for current leadership, if they have it, or their simple desire to want a change? How can they help? How can people out here in the hinterlands help you affect change in the Congress? The most effective thing is to reach out to your to your member of Congress and tell them, whether it's by phone or, or email or text or whatever communication you've got, Go on there and say, we want to change. We want to change. It doesn't necessarily have to say we want bigs. But if they come out and say, we want to change, we, we have to have some, somebody different to, to lead the cock, the caucus to be the Speaker of the House. I mean, think of it. That's the number three person in the entire country um, in succession. And maybe we need to have somebody different. And if they contact their members of Congress, uh, a lot of members of Congress will respond to that. Now, before we are speaking with Representative Andy Biggs, who has uh, put himself in a very unique position, standing up for change in the current uh, Republican leadership. Before we leave, I just have to ask you this. Uh, Arizona, you are from Arizona. The (laughs) complaints about the last election are still making headlines. Katie Pavlich today in town hall uh, wrote a a story. Attorney, uh, the attorney general Maricopa County broke the law on Election Day, and she cites in her article that over 70 voting locations were impacted, malfunctioning machines, 25% of the vote tabulation machines were not working. Uh, There is 
there are there are stories that so far the election has not been certified. Do you expect anything to come of any of this? I do, actually. Um, so you have uh, the attorney general looking at it. And their their election integrity unit has is, is written a letter. They want information. They've got to get the information. They don't want it to be certified before then. There may be um, a decertification if they do. Look, uh, then you actually have uh, observers that have affidavits from thousands and thousands of people. And, w- you know, what's very disturbing is we do not know how many people uh, stayed home or didn't come because they heard that the machines weren't working right. They heard that the lines were extraordinarily long, which they were. And it was a really hot day out here. And so you, you look at it and you say there were massive real problems here and we have to get to the bottom of it. And if you want election integrity, uh, and additionally, as the the attorney general, uh, the the his deputy who wrote the the letter pointed out, it looks like the county recorder and the county uh, supervisors may have violated the law with information and practices that they were doing. And think about this: did they make some kind of adjustment to the machines? That was manually done and not recorded the day before the election, and that appears to have been the case. That's the that's the reports, and if that's the case, then you impacted the election in a way that you suppressed votes and changed voter outcome. And so, it's a real deal, and uh, investigations ongoing. And I, uh, I'm hoping that the AG's office will uh, get get to the bottom of this and and take the appropriate action. Representative Andy Biggs, we thank you for joining us. That's the time we have. We hope you'll join me again, and let's follow up on this. Thank you. Absolutely. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. Congressman Andy Biggs, James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurley, here with you on WADC Talk Radio 77. Your calls are coming up. We've got some more news to clear the decks, too. So don't go away. We're coming right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is The Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. W. ABC Talk Radio, 77 in New York. Everybody knows.
Diamond Cassie Knight up next here on WABC. Keep it right here and get that WABC app. Keep it with you 24-7. Also, visit our website. Check out all the podcasts. We were just talking about house leadership. I don't want to disappoint you. But the Republican pushed to impeach Department of Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas will likely stall in Congress next session as Democrats will keep control of the Senate and the GOP will just hold a narrow majority. The failure to win the Senate hurts a lot, and the House margin makes a difference, says Representative Tom Cole. He's an Oklahoma Republican and the incoming chair of the House Rules Committee. A lot of people, that puts us in the majority, are, are, are from relatively moderate seats. So here we go already. They're not even in session yet, and they're already making excuses as to why they can't or won't try to get things done. Now, this story comes to us from Fox News, and this isn't Fox News story. Hardline conservatives have long argued that Mayorkas' alleged mismanagement of the surging migrant crisis. First of all, there's nothing alleged. We have a migrant crisis. We have had a migrant crisis from day one. Mayorkas has failed, miserably failed, to keep the borders of the United States safe. That is without question when you look at the sheer numbers of illegal immigrants who have invaded the borders since Joe Biden's time in office. There is no alleged. And yet and still... The only action, the only power play that the Republicans have is to say, hey, let's impeach this guy. Now, granted, in a Senate that is held by Democrats, it's not going to go through. But you do it. You do. You use the power that you have to demonstrate to your constituents that you're serious and to also demonstrate to this administration that you're serious. And if it becomes enough of an issue... If it snowballs into enough of an issue, if you put on a public case, if you make the case, you might even get Democrats who are afraid of their own election and re-election bids to say, you know what, this guy's got to go, we need new leadership. There's something else that's going to come. Here's a daily news editorial from the, uh, from the Daily News Today the editorial board over there. In the midterms, Republicans who focused on inflation, crime, and other concrete problems made gains. Those who slung the slop of Trumpite invective and conspiracy theories, isn't this crap, insisting the 2020 election was stolen, overwhelmingly remained stuck in the muck. Yet, since narrowly taking the House, Republicans under leader, and likely next speaker, that's not in stone, Kevin McCarthy, as you've just heard, that's not in stone yet, have not rolled out a five-point crime control agenda or a smart plan to slow inflation or a blueprint for fixing America's immigration system. Why did the Democrats do any of these things with the power they had, by the way, Daily News editorial board? They didn't do a single one of these things. Didn't see you writing about that. But here's the point. Rather out of the gate, Incoming leaders of the House Oversight and Judiciary Committees are vowing to investigate 
President Biden's son. We hope they enjoy themselves. The people they represent sure won't appreciate two years of Benghazi-style hysterics. Really? So the first move ought to be to implement programs that the Democrats never did when they were in office, as the Daily News. But whatever you do, don't investigate Joe Biden's son. Well, guess who reported today? Catherine Heritage over at CBS News. And Catherine Heritage, let me let you hear the full report that CBS ran earlier today. Check this out. And as Republicans take control of the House, Hunter Biden, the president's son, will be a target for investigations. And that means data from a laptop reported to belong to Biden could be crucial to the investigatory process. CBS News has obtained its data not through a third party or political operative, but directly from the source who told us they provided it to the FBI under subpoena. And we commissioned an independent forensic review to determine its authenticity. Senior investigative correspondent Catherine Harris joins us now with what we found. Catherine, I'm very interested. Good morning. Good morning, Tony. These House Republican investigations are coming, and that could be a challenge for the White House as we head into 2023 and 2024. The laptop data we had analyzed showed no evidence it was faked or tampered with. Digital forensic investigator Mark Lanterman was previously a member of a Secret Service Electronic Crimes Task Force. There was one thing that got my attention, and that was a voicemail. Dad, I called to tell you I love you. I love you more than the whole world, pal. Can I get some help? That voicemail, apparently from Joe. Let's continue. And as Republicans take control of the House, Hunter Biden, the president's son, will be a target for investigations. And that means data from a laptop reported to... Here's the deal. CBS, and that is not S-E-E-B-S. That is CBS. News is now reporting, oh, yeah, well, we've got the original. We've confirmed it. Why, that, why, golly gee, that laptop stuff is true. Why we went out and we went out, we sent our investigative reporter out there, and by golly, she says it's true. We we confirm it. Okay, so all these years later, after the election, how many years has this Hunter Biden stuff been out here? And so here, right before Thanksgiving, 2022, this stuff has been out here since 2016. Six years later, CBS News says, oh, well, golly, what do you know? It's true. This was on his laptop, and the laptop was genuine. Well, gee, thanks, guys. This was the Tiffany Network, remember. CBS used to pride itself as being the place that you could rely on for accurate news. So here you have the Daily News. New York's Daily News editorial board. Oh, these Republicans, how dare them? They're even thinking about looking at Hunter Biden instead of doing a five-point crime plan. And now you get CBS the same day. Well, golly, this Hunter Biden stuff is real. 
James Golden, a.k.a. Boston. We're coming back. Your telephone call is coming up, 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. Coming back right after this. This is The Rush Hour with Bo Snerdley. Rush. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. All right, Rich is in the house. Rich, I know you had to play this back when you were DJing back in the day. Oh, we, they, they loved it. This is uh, this one and uh, another big disco song, Knock on Wood, was another big one. Was Knock on Wood, the cover for Wilson Pickett's Knock on Wood? Right, by Amy Stewart was the uh, yeah, version we used Stewart, to play. Yeah. Right, yeah, that was a big one. You know what, Rich? Here's, I got a suggestion. What's that? Sometime next year, Bo Snurley Rush Hour, we ought to do Disco Night starring... Our DJ, Rich Radabella. I'm all for it. I'm with you. I'm with you. No, I'm serious. We ought to just, like, rent a place for a night and just do Disco Night. I Most think, uh, Rush Hour Disco Night, starring you as the DJ. I think my partner still has, uh, my old partner still has the turntables. All right, let's make it happen. <laughs> I'm with you. James Golden, A.K. Sturdy. Remember, Cash at Night comes up next right here on WABC. Let's head to the top. By the way, if you're wondering why I'm not covering the uh, Alito leaker story, is because I don't find it completely credible yet. So I'm not going with You know, there was a big story over the weekend. Oh, we found out who the leaker was. It was Samuel Alito who leaked his own decision. And not only that, he leaked Hobby Lobby. Yeah, right. I'm waiting I'm not saying not true. I'm saying I don't find it credible yet. I don't believe it yet. I have to be I have to be convinced that there's actually some there there. So I'm not spending much time with it. Let's head to the telephone, shall we? Let's go to Colorado Springs. Don, welcome. You're on WABC Talk Radio 77. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurdy, with you. How are you, Don? I am doing great. It was a gloomy Sunday here in Colorado Springs. And, uh, I mean, I felt it in church, and I saw what happened along the way to that church. And that church I usually go to is is nearby that club. Anyway, my concerns is that, you know, other than gun control, this uh, incident is only going to embolden the – the Respect for Marriage Act, which uh, Princess Di covered on your Saturday show. And I'm glad she pointed out that the uh, IRS is going to be emboldened to go after certain religious organizations. And just recently, just today, us with no surprise, the Freedom From Religion Foundation is calling uh, Colorado Springs out with this headline. And what they're, they're saying is religion-fostered animus against LGBT must be called out. And all I think that's propaganda on their part to get this uh, Respect for Marriage Act passed and to embolden the LGBTQ to become the imperial stormtroopers to go after people of faith and churches and synagogues that will not bow the knee to the LGBTQ. And that is my biggest concern because religious freedom will be 
put on the line because of this so-called equality for uh, regardless now, of who you sleep with. Now, as you said, this was a tragic shooting, and it was horrible. I mean, there's nobody, I don't know anybody yes. that feels that feels anything other than complete horror that someone would do this to other human beings. As I pointed out in, in the opening monologue of the show, the same numbers, the same number of people can be found dead in every major blue city in America almost every weekend. And yet the press doesn't rally around them as a cause. But but regardless of that, it is still horrific and it's still untenable that there would be a person with, with such, for whatever his motive, there is no motive to justify this. This is just purely horrific. But the politicization of this, politicization of it, AOC is out slamming Representative uh, uh, Bobert for no, uh, assuming that she has the usual, the blood on your hands, the words you said cause this. As you say, you've already got groups in Colorado that are using this as a bludgeon against organized religion, especially Christianity, let's face it. Um, and this sort of knee-jerk reaction is happening even though the police have not offered one word about what it is that was this person's quote-unquote motivation about it. So you have every right to be alarmed. I think we should all be alarmed. Later this week, I had asked earlier if we could get Heritage Foundation's president on, and I'm going to redouble our efforts to do that because we need to hear Heritage is really involved with this this attack on religion in the guise of legislation that has worked its way through the U.S. Senate and will be coming back to the House again in this lame duck, well, lame duck, this end of session before we move to a new Congress. So, Don, thank you very much. Appreciate the call. Let us go to Joe in New Jersey. How are you, Joe? Hello, Joe. Good. What's on your mind, Joe? Well, I'm leaving the country. I'm doing what you want to do. Where are you going? I'm leaving next next year. I'm going to Trinidad. My wife's Trinidadian. So you're out. You've had enough. You're going to go to Trinidad, enjoy the warm tropical breezes, and enjoy life. Yes, I am. I'm 70 years old. mm -hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll spend the rest of my life there. Well, keep the WABC app with you. When you go, don't spark because you know I'm going to have you guys on. And I was—I used to be a Democrat, and now you're ready. You've had enough, and you're leaving. Joe, take us with you. I feel you. I understand, bro. Let's go to Dean, also in New Jersey. How are you, Dean? I am doing wonderful. Thank you. Um, you know, everybody's talking about how poor Trump, the way the whole. Department of Justice and the CIA, the FBI, the whole executive branch of the United States is going after Trump. The reason why it's happening is because what he's doing to them. That's the thing that we have to remember. Trump has exposed every one of them, Republicans, Democrats, independents, all those people that are supposedly in power, Trump exposed them. Of course they're going to go after him because if he gets in this time, they're in trouble. Thank God. Mic drop. Thank you, Dean. Appreciate it. Joe, Long Island, New York. How are you, Joe? 
Hey, Bo, I've been trying to reach you forever. Actually, my name is James, like yours. And I have a very simple theory as why I'm a conservative, I'm a Republican, but I'm scratching my head and why I'm, why I'm loyal to the party. Because my theory as to why there wasn't this red wave is pure and simple. Why would a law such as Roe versus Wade that was on the books for 50 years, they change it six months before the election, they had to know it was going to impact the election, which it did. And my theory is all the tight races that the Dems won, they would have had nothing else to run on if we didn't give them that, that uh, uh, platform. And that's why I think we're where we are today. Do you think it was worth it? Do you think... Roe v. v. Wade, let's say your theory is correct. Do you think it was worth the price of perhaps losing uh, some seats that we could have won? Uh, I just think it was as simple as waiting six months to do it. If they were going to, I'm actually okay with, with making the move. But why did, if you waited 49 years, why because it came up months? in that Because it came up in that Supreme Court term. Once they took the case, we knew a decision was going to come. And the Supreme Court, by the way, if they had delayed it, as you say, till after the elections, they would be exactly what the Democrats said they were, a political branch. And that's not what they do. They took the case as the case came based, and those two cases, the one that overturned Dodd, the one that overturned uh, Roe v. Wade, came before the court because they had worked their way up through the courts. And the courts decided we can't ignore them. And so they took them. It had to happen. And I will answer my own question. Even if it did cost seats, it was worth it. Thanks for the call, Joe. Appreciate you. Let's go to Rockaway Beach. Michael, how are you? You got 30 seconds, Michael. All right, 30 seconds. Uh, the Democrats and the media are t- attempting to divide the Republicans, to divide and conquer. And I tell you, we've got to resist it. But the other point is that this idea of compromise, like McCarthy wants us to compromise, how do you compromise with radical socialists? I can't and won't do it. You don't. And Chuck Schumer the other day, and by the way, there has been a full court press on from the left-wing media in this country. All oh, the Republicans, they must, they must sign on to raising the debt limit. No, they mustn't. They don't have to. They can actually make a stand and say, no, we're not going to sign this. You know, we've been told all along that whatever Democrats want, we must, we must, we must go along with. No, we mustn't. And we should show some leadership right now. If you want to get this profligate spending under control, the first thing to do is put your foot down and say, no, we're not going to spend the money. And you guys need to start cutting budgets. What do you do when the budget in your house goes over? You have a meet down or you don't have a meeting. You just tell, hey, hey, hey. Time to tighten the belts. No, you can't have it. No, I know you want it, but you can't have it. And that's what has to happen here. We are back tomorrow. James Go Jay Snurley. Most Snurley's Rush Hour every weekday here at 4 o'clock. Glad to have you here. May God bless and protect each and every one of you and your families. So appreciate you being here. And we'll be back tomorrow at 4. Remember, catch the night up next. See you later. is The Rush Hour with Bose Nerdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network.